Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby, and these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life, it chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. All right, our next guest is uh, Matt Hasselbeck, uh, ESPN. He's a member of ESPN's lead uh, studio. Uh, he played for his last team. He played for was the Indianapolis Colts last year. Before that, Tennessee, and of course, he was a uh, star uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. But I don't know if a lot of people know this. He was actually drafted by the Green Bay Packers. So let's say hello to Matt Hasselbeck. Hello, Matt. What's up, guys? How are you? Great, Matt. I want uh, you to starting know- holder, starting holder for Green Bay for for two of my. <laughs> oh, that's good. Starting holder for Seattle in a rather memorable Cowboys moment, too. I believe. Oh yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah. yeah. Matt, I want you to know I advocated for the Cowboys to sign you as a backup quarterback, and then you up and retired. You know, if you, I was hoping that you well, were going to stick it out. I, hey, you know, the phone. I waited till the day before free agency. I wanted to see what you know what it was going to, how the musical chairs were shaken out at the quarterback position around the league, and uh, you know the teams that I kind of thought were playoff teams were the ones I looked at and considering, and they weren't. Um, I didn't think they were in the market to sign someone like me, and the teams that were, I thought, were not playoff teams. And as it as it comes to turn out, after looking at the results this year, there were a lot of teams that I thought weren't playoff teams that were pretty good this year. I probably should have reconsidered, but I'm in a good spot. I'm enjoying working with Chris Berman and the guys on Sunday morning, and then uh, on the Monday Night Countdown crew as well. It's definitely been a lot of fun. Did the Cowboys want to sign you, but Jerry wanted you to pay him? Is that, is that the way Jerry does business? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. My first game with uh, the, my first real game because the Hall of Fame game got canceled was that preseason game. Dallas Cowboys at Los Angeles Rams opening up that stadium, right? And you know, the number two quarterback had gone down for Dallas. Obviously, for all of last year, that was the story. And uh, Kellen Moore goes down, and the whole—I mean, everyone was talking. Kellen Moore going down was like the biggest news on um, ESPN for a while. And we see Jerry and Stephen Jones before the, before the game and Randy Moss and Charles Woodson are like, man, did you see how he looked at you? They're going to try to sign you. They're going to try to sign you. And it was just kind of funny. And then Dak Prescott 
has this great game, plays really, really well, and never looks back. And, uh, you know, I said to those guys after the game, like, they don't need to find me or anybody like me. They got a guy. They got a good backup quarterback. Little did I know that he was going to be more than a backup quarterback. So, uh, you know, he's come on strong real quick. So from that game alone, you sensed that Dak would be able to, uh, to, handle, to handle at least being the number two. I thought he could be the number two for sure. Now, Randy Moss was sold on him big time. Like, right away, he was sold on him big time. You know, for me, I just really felt like the Cowboys were a team that had been searching and searching and searching for that number two spot. I think they were 1-11 without Romo, and really they were banking on guys, and they even paid some guys to come in and basically do your job as a backup quarterback. Like, hey, we'll pay you well, but when you get one shot to make it happen, you got to make it happen, and and, you know, they actually had some pretty decent quarterbacks, but for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. They didn't win those games. And, you know, so with, with Dak, I just felt like here's a guy that could learn. I like the coaching that they have there at the quarterback position from head coach to coordinator on down. And uh, just was impressed with him. I was just impressed with how they called the game. And he's just taken it and been a lot better than I thought, though. He really has. Did you think that this was the perfect place for him to come, uh, based on the fact that they of the offensive line and the and the running game and uh, and everything, maybe making it a little more rookie quarterback friendly? Yeah, you could say that, but you know, I actually think Seattle's offense would probably have been a better fit for him, like coming right away to have success. I think Dallas does a lot at the line of scrimmage, and I've actually been very very impressed with how much he does at the line of scrimmage. Check with me, remiking the protection, throwing hot, sight adjust, uh, all the different stuff that he does. So, I mean, I don't think that anyone could have predicted that he that he would do as well as he's done. Um, I don't think this was like the perfect fit offensively for him, but yet I, I do credit the the coaching staff, Scott Linningham and, and Jason Garrett, for for you know being you know having enough sense and uh, like a small enough ego to adjust a little bit and and he really he, they, you know they took the training wheels off early and he's he's really flourished with it and it's been very very fun to watch from a quarterback point of view hey matt you mentioned that that randy was sold on him really early on and i'm interested in in what the take was um that that sold him basically because this from, from my perspective it looks like the thing that has stood out most about dak has been the decision-making process. And that's not necessarily a tool that you're using to evaluate quarterbacks when they come into the game. You're looking at arm strength, feet, footwork, things like that. His decision-making has been outstanding. Well, it should be what you look at. I mean, you look at Brock Osweiler down the road. I mean, he has everything you're looking for. He's tall, he's fast, he can throw the ball far. But, like, that intangible, that discernment, decision-making – uh, leadership style, like that's the part that still hasn't matured for him, I think. And I think that's what you've seen with with Dak. Um, he's unfazed. He doesn't flinch when when people bring pressure. When they only rush three. When you know things are going well, things are not going well. You really just feel like his confidence level stays right where it needs to be. Kind of a medium, not too high, not too low. And I think for Randy, what Randy really liked, he keeps it simple. There was a running play in that uh, first preseason game against the Rams where he decided not to hand the ball off, and he threw it. It's in the confines of their offense. He threw like a fade ball, sort of a back shoulder throw. I believe it was to Dez for a touchdown. Later in the game, he hit somebody on a double move. He didn't get like all antsy sometimes as a quarterback. You see a double move about to happen, and you 
kind of rush it. Like, you hurry it up. Like John Wooden said, be quick, but don't hurry. A lot of quarterbacks, they, they hurry. They go, oh, gosh, it's going to be a touchdown. And they throw it, and they, they throw the ball too flat, or they rush it, and they miss a huge opportunity. You saw Matt McGloin of the Raiders miss two huge opportunities against against uh, Denver in Week 17, and, and therefore he was benched for Connor Cook, who, again, same thing. Guys are open, and he hasn't matured yet, and he kind of – you know, he's hurrying, he's rushing, he realizes it's going to be open, and his feet get out of whack, and his mechanics get out of whack. And uh, that didn't happen with Dak. He hit somebody on a double move uh, on the left side there for a touchdown and just showed a tremendous amount of poise. Um, and, I, and I know that's what Randy really appreciated. I, I want to start to get into this game this week. Uh, and we talked early on in, in the podcast earlier this year uh, and I know you actually probably hadn't subscribed at that point in time, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> it was downloading. I, I, yeah, there you go. We appreciate that. But when the Cowboys went up to Green Bay and, and Dak put on a, a, a really good performance, but Aaron Rodgers did not look right. And Kevin, who's prone to some kind of corn ponisms, uh, <laughs> did kind of say, there's something that ain't right about that boy right now. And do you see a difference in Aaron Rodgers now from early in the season? You know, it's interesting. There was a lot of talk nationally about the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy and how they didn't like each other, they didn't respect each other, they didn't get along. Uh, they kind of attacked Mike McCarthy. And sometimes, like, in a relationship, a play-caller, quarterback relationship, like, you can get a little, like, you know, iron sharpens iron a little bit, but sometimes there's some sparks that fly. And you hear about it all the time with different players, different quarterbacks, different coaches. I think when the national media started attacking, and maybe even in Green Bay also, started attacking that relationship between those two guys, and I know them both well, they probably came together. Like, they probably, like, it probably helped them in some way. And I think it was the game in Chicago, a Monday night game that we actually did, where Aaron Rodgers kind of went. He started to click again. And he, uh, you know, he doesn't, he's not a rhythm passer all the time right now, and that's a rhythm offense that Mike McCarthy had brought. You know, he used to coach Joe Montana and then Brett Favre and all these other guys. And uh, Aaron's back there just making stuff happen. He's, you know, dancing around in the pocket and a little, little bit of street ball at times. But I really do think that it was it was kind of that relationship where they kind of, they probably closed the door in an appropriate setting. They're like, all right, what are the plays you love? What, what, what things do you want to work on? What do we need you to be better at? Here's how you can help me, Aaron. You know, like those kinds of conversations. And... When you're on the same page as a as a quarterback and a play caller, and then you have the talent that Aaron Rodgers has, it's uh, it's a dangerous combination. And and he has been absolutely lights out on fire. Everything's been going their way, and uh, and I think if you're a defense, you got to be a little bit nervous to face uh, somebody that hot. Let's get let's get. Wait a minute. I want Kevin to weigh in since he was the guy who who thought that Rodgers was. You just told you just pointed at me to speak. And now you're making me look bad. We got we got a bad traffic Doesn't, cop in here, Matt. We're sorry. See, you guys need to have that kind of a, uh, a meeting, like Rogers and McCarthy. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have that me- we have that meeting every every week after this. It's called lunch, and it doesn't go well. <laughs> doesn't do any good. Well, I guess what Evan wants to talk about is the fact that he, when I when I watched that game and, and he would make a throw downfield and it was clearly off. He was just staring down the field like he just didn't get what was going on. And I don't know, you know and, and obviously you were much, much closer to that situation to understand what's going on and the dynamics between the two. It just almost seemed like to me that there was uh, 
just something the matter with it. It was almost like maybe he's taking one too many shots here. And and then now of course now you watch him play and he looks like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he looks like he like he always does. He's very, you know, decisive and he's and he's smart and he he's making great plays on you know last week he just looked tremendous, you know. He was waiting, waiting, waiting for guys to get open, you know. It was but just, not waiting too long. But not no, no. Not he's, holding he, the ball and no, and just no not getting down crushed. Is no, there a question here, plays. Kevin? No, he, he would just say what I was what asking Kevin were. to weigh in. Oh. What he thought. So, all right, let's let, let's move on because we have a guest, and I'd, li- I'd rather hear from the guest than hear from Kevin again. It, it's <laughs> that, now we're, we're it's a nice rapport we have here. We're we're, we're in the postseason now. We're in the, they're in the playoffs. This, this will be Dak's first playoff game. Is there a difference for a young quarterback between playing in the regular season and the postseason? Sure, They're, but not just young quarterbacks, for veteran quarterbacks. The, the speed of the game is much faster. I just don't think it's too big for him, though. And, you know, just the stuff that this kid dealt with in his life and even in the season, I, I really think that he's just a mentally tough kid that's not going to flinch, he's not going to blink, not going to, you know, freak out because there's more eyes watching or he's under more of a microscope or if he starts out with a couple interceptions, he's not going to go in the tank. I think they'll be okay and like we said earlier you know he's on a very very talented team with you know probably one of the top five offensive lines of all time a hall of first ballot hall of fame tight end one of the top uh five wide receivers outside the leading receiver i think might be cole beasley who's essentially uncoverable for half the nickels in the league you guys are amazing and then oh by the way you have the nfl rushing champ i mean this is it's pretty darn good it's a pretty good situation to step into it and that's not to take anything away from him. He's he's a very very important piece of the puzzle. But uh, even for the Cowboys, you look at just the fact that Tony Romo's your backup. I mean, so many teams like Derek Carr and the Raiders, they had a chance, and then the starter goes down, and then the season's over. Now with with the Cowboys, it's almost almost safe money because your starter goes down, you you now have a starter as your backup. So I just I really don't think that. Uh, I think you're, the Cowboys are kind of in a good position this week, uh, and even in this postseason to make it to Houston. You mentioned that offensive line, and that offensive line makes makes everybody look like a veteran that plays behind them. But in talking to a couple of people outside of this market, I think there's been some outside questions about would there be a rookie factor, not just with Dak, but also with Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, we were discussing here this morning – after 16 games, can you basically still call these guys rookies or not? Is there any thought nationally that that these two guys could get a little bit too quick, could get a little bit too antsy in in a playoff format? I, I certainly don't think so. I think you know that they don't even know what they don't even know. Like they're so naive that that it helps them tremendously. I mean, I've I've heard Tom Brady do interviews talking about the two-minute drive, his his first year as a starter in 2001, and people were saying, oh, you should have just, you know, played more conservative. And he was like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know. Charlie White said, hey, we're going two minutes. Yeah, let's go two minutes. Like, it, it, it's kind of freeing when you don't know um, how big the moment is. They probably think, oh, this is just playoffs. I mean, the Cowboys were on national TV, like, the whole season this year. Right. And, and they probably think, oh, yeah, it's probably normal to be on Monday Night Football like, Two times, Thursday night football, couple times, Sunday night football, couple times, like just like college, but a little better. Like they don't, they probably don't even know. And uh, I think they have that going for them. And in the offensive line, like it's pretty much the same offensive line as last year. So like to 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 just 
you know, chalk it up to like, oh, they got a great offensive line. That's why they're doing so well. I think that's fair to give the offensive line a lot of credit, but but they're the same people essentially, to my knowledge. They're just playing much better football. Right. And they've got a leader up front in Frederick, and obviously some ridiculous talent and guys like uh, Tyron Smith. But but I just you know, each and every year is different. Like you get coached hard, you practice hard, you work out hard, you train hard. Study and I, I just think the hard work has paid off for that offensive line this year, and they've kind of earned the reputation that they have. All right, as we all know, this is this is a huge game on Sunday, and so the the biggest question uh, about what will take place in this playoff game is is this: uh, where will Tony Romo play next season? <laughs> oh, that's so we annoying. can't get away from so this annoying. one. That's not the biggest question. I, I will say that he, he, how he has handled the demotion is definitely um, going to help him, uh, you know, find a great spot next year. And I think that's the challenge sometimes when you've been a star, you've been a pro bowler, you've kind of done those things. Like a, a team, they're probably going to, you know, I think he's like 36 years old maybe in that range. They're going to want to know if they can marry up a 36-year-old with some younger guys in the quarterback room that he'll sort of like lead the team, try to get a bunch of wins, but sort of mentor and cultivate a great healthy relationship in that quarterback room. And seeing how he's been with Dak this year and even with the other um, young quarterbacks there, I think that that's, the, that's how people feel about him. And, uh, you know, I, he won't be a Cowboy uh, despite what everyone thinks. I don't think. I, I think he'll be starting for another team next year. Can now, you, can we, you can you if he's if he's not here, would you come back to back up Dak? Oh, Barry! It's <laughs> uh, funny. I would need a lot of time to get ready, like a couple weeks, uh, three weeks, maybe four. I, you don't need me though. I, I think you're in good hands. I do like. Uh, I think Kellen Moore was playing good football. Like he was playing really good football. I've, I've not, um, you know, I really haven't seen uh, Mark Sanchez play, but uh, I, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore actually was a was a high school quarterback in Prosser, Washington, when I was the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, and I had a I had like a youth quarterback camp, and he was one of my campers, and he, <laughs> I remember him because he was a lefty and he won a ton, ton of games, and he wasn't a very big kid, but uh, I think he can play. I think he could be a really good backup. Do you, now there's some speculation uh, because of what Peyton Manning did in Denver that that Tony would go there, but we've also seen uh, reports that uh, because of their offensive line problems with the Broncos and that they would want to spend money probably uh, repairing that offensive line, that that would not be a good fit. Do you do you see that as a good fit, bad fit for Tony? I think it's real early in the game. I mean, all the people that were speculating way back when about Denver, I mean, Denver makes sense uh, for for a lot of reasons, but now they have a new, you know, they have a new head coach in Denver. So there's, there's so much, you know, it's almost like we wait all year for the playoffs to happen. And then all of a sudden we want to speculate about you know, what happens in March. Like I, I, for one, would personally just rather enjoy the playoffs. So we've been waiting too long. We had to sit through, you know, five weeks of the preseason and all these games and then some meaningless games. And now do you rest your starters and the playoffs are finally here and uh, for me, it's just uh, Tony Romo. What he should be thinking about is getting ready to play in case his team needs him. He came in and played that a little bit in Philly and looked great. So uh, if something happens, if Dak uh, breaks a shoelace or something, he's going to have to be ready to go in and help the team. Honestly, do you find it, I, I, even as part of the media, I, I find that this obsession that we've had all season during a a 14-2 and Cowboys season, and, and really it's not just in this market, I think it's nationally with, 
the guy who's not playing and where he's going to play next year has been a little bit over the top. Do you you find it all a little bit silly because he has taken such a good approach to to his role on this team and that what happens in free agency or the trade season is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never really knew this. You guys probably know better than me. But, uh, you know, how these topics get discussed is a producer of a show, whether it's a TV show or a radio show, they uh, they hit you up and they say, hey, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about, uh, you know, Des Bryant, you know, got mad on the sidelines and Jason Witten had to cool him down. Like, like you talk about something like, oh, someone punched a hole in the locker room of the Packers uh, after the game. We think it was OBJ. You know, like, like you know, you, you, you talk about stuff that you feel like goes viral or you right. feel like creates discussion or, you know, maybe you're, you have, someone has a contrarian opinion or, you know, like I, I, I use this analogy with some kids that I've mentored in the past. Like people, yeah, people love NASCAR. They love NASCAR. But what do they talk about after they go to a NASCAR race? They talk about the wreck, yeah. the crash. Like don't be part of the crash. You know, you're just inviting that kind of a... Uh, kind of a thing and so i just think that whether it's important or not it's it's kind of how these shows get built you know they don't have Stephen a smith coming on talking about uh hey do you see that you know that first and 10 catch jason witten had every single time they threw it to him he caught the ball like they don't have Stephen a smith talking about that that's not what's sexy and exciting and controversial so uh it's not surprising quarterback controversies are nothing new they're very convenient and uh sometimes it's laziness on the part of the person who's writing an article or producing a segment, you just try to find something that, uh, what, did, what do people normally do here? Well, they normally stir up controversy around something like that. Let's do it again. Matt, we want to thank you for being our guest. You were terrific. But before you go, can you say something sexy and controversial that will go viral and and, 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 and get us lots of hits for this that podcast? Was good. I, actually, Barry, let me ask. Let me well, ask let, let him answer. I, I'm going to give him a way to, I know this has not been the most painful experience of your life, Matt, because... Close, though. No, well, I mean, he's been hit by lightning twice, so... No, just just once. See, you guys can't believe everything you read on the internet. So that's, so that's not right? You, Wikipedia yes. says twice. Oh, yeah, Wikipedia was wrong? Yeah. Wikipedia is where no. I go for all my answers, so it was just one time. <laughs> to my knowledge, it could have been twice. I don't remember, but I, I, just once. <laughs> just one time, okay. But And your wife was also hit by lightning? It was my date. I was at, She was my date at a wedding. The uh, the head coach of the Nashville Predators, Peter Laviolette, he married a girl I grew up with. And so we were at the wedding, and uh, I brought a date, and uh, she was now my wife. And we we were part of a group of people that got struck by lightning. It was it was a lot of fun, actually. I, I highly recommend <laughs> it. It, it takes a it takes a pretty good wedding reception and makes it a great one. Yeah, don't get you can't hardly promise that for the next one, can you? I, I had top that. These two guys were at my wedding. I had clowns juggling at mine, but yeah, I, I, we didn't have anybody getting hit by lightning. Not quite the same. No, You're missing out. You're missing out. All right, you you want to weigh in with a prediction before we let you go? Like a game prediction? Yes, sir. Uh, you're you know, you're I, free to get off the hook here. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was asked on our show. Chris Berman put us on the on the spot. My preseason prediction was uh, Steelers and Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Uh, they gave us a chance to to redo our predictions. I just I, I got to say, I feel like the Patriots have the easiest way to Houston. They'll be there. Um, Dallas is probably got to be the favorite just because they've earned the right. You know, they had the bye week. They're healthy. They've quietly been resting their starters. Uh, I think the biggest 
challenge to the Cowboys was the New York Giants. I think that's a tough matchup for them. Spagnuolo really understands how to uh, disrupt that offense. So with the Giants out, I'm going to say the Cowboys and the Patriots in the Super Bowl this year. And, and who do the Cowboys play next week? They play Atlanta or Seattle? Yeah, ooh, that's, see, that's the toughest game for me to call because I really like the Seahawks. They're just not the same without Earl Thomas. And, uh, and not the same on the road. And that's absolutely true. And, and it's, it's more a credit to how good they are at home. But I think with Dan Quinn, who was the D-line coach with me when I was with Pete Carroll in Seattle, he knows everything there is to know about that Seahawks defense, like what gives them fit. So he can sit in that film room with Kyle Shanahan, offensive coordinator of the Falcons, and say, okay, this is a great play to run. This is a great play to run. This is what this hand signal means. This is what that means. I think you got to give the edge to the Atlanta Falcons there. All right, Matt, you've been outstanding today. And um, what, what what parting gift do you have for him, Evan? I, I, I've already sent him a photo of you. Uh, I texted him, so he, he knows nice. you're in the brotherhood I, I, of the baldness. I'll tell you what, Matt, are you, uh, are you still living in Seattle? No. Uh, no, we just moved to Boston. Boston. Just moved to Boston. Okay. Well, it's easier for me to get tickets for a Rangers-Mariners uh, game than it is for a Rangers-Red Sox game. But uh, if you want to come out next year when the Rangers are in Boston, which I think is July 4th weekend, we'll try and make that happen. All right. Well, hey, I'm looking at this picture you just sent me. Uh, there's a bald guy. That's uh, Evan. You know, talking and then there's a guy with terrible, terrible posture sitting behind you. Behind That's a him. producer. Yeah, tell, tell your producer he needs to sit up straight in his chair. Sitting is the new smoking. Very unhealthy, especially when you sit like that. You're, uh, <laughs> I like it. Well, Doug, you've been chastised. <laughs> Thanks so much, Matt. You were all right, great. All right, guys. All right, take care, care Matt. Be well. He was pretty good. You know, I didn't like that part where he's, he was ripping us for uh, uh, bringing up stuff. He's a member of the media now too, so he's yeah, he's can't, you can't he's, say he's, that. He's, kind of thing. He's, 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 it's true. It's it's absolutely. You true. ask the question, and then after he said he didn't like it, you go. You say, "Yeah, isn't that terrible, Matt?" That the media does because that. Evan's a star. Evan considers himself. A, I'm a suck a, a, up. A star. No, he's a star. Evan's a star. He's he's like our guest uh, member of this. But he, it, he's he's a special guest every week. Kevin, has this not driven you? And, and listen, I, we know that readers all year. Have gra- have gravitated towards anything related to Dak or Tony, right. or the possibility of quarterback controversy. Right. But when we were doing when we were doing our very intense pre-show meeting, we both we all three said we're going to ask him about Romo. Right. Because we know that our editors and the people who will be listening to this podcast will take that and they'll, they'll slap some ridiculous headline on yes, it. Yes, they will. And, but, and, and go from there. But the bottom line is, I mean, this is the chance for the Cowboys to return to the NFC Championship game, and there right. are still a lot of people who, for whom the issue of where will Tony Romo be next year is well, on the front of their brain. I, I don't know if it's the front of their brain. I will, to me, it's, it's a little bit different because Tony Romo was a really good quarterback, and he was going to be a really good quarterback for the team this year if he'd been healthy. And, and so that's a little bit different than a guy who's just the backup quarterback. Right. Where's he going to go? That's a little bit. But, and, and, but secondly, that the thing that, that bothers me more than the fact of where Tony's going to be next year is when people still think, I think, that maybe, they, maybe the Cowboys' chances would be better with Tony. Well, you yeah. know what? That's going to happen. Let's say, let's say uh, Sunday comes, Cowboys are down three scores at halftime. Right. Dak hasn't looked good. Oh, uh, the screaming will be will be ridiculous. Will, will it be? Will well, listen, it be, will I'm, it be I'm in the Grant right. living room. Will it, somebody in the Grant living room be screaming as well? Do you have anybody any screamers there? No, uh, my, my wife is not a. She's not a Tony Romo fan. 
that that puts her in the minority among. It, it has nothing to do with that. She wives. just she's she thinks Tony's not as handsome as most uh, people think he is. Really? Yeah. And she married you? Yeah. Well, wow. there's, there's no that, man. There's no, Gina's got Gina's got a vision problem. Yeah. Oh, no. I, there, there will be nobody screaming that. I mean, I, this is Dak's team. Dak deserves every opportunity to, if this team, if this team gets behind, uh, he deserves every opportunity to lead them back. I think he's got the tools to lead them back. Uh, I will say that there was one time late in the year when I thought if if it was late in the game when Tony was healthy, he gets to the second half, they're down three scores. He hasn't looked good. They might go with Dak. Uh, have, have we reached the past? Are we past that point now? I don't. I, I, I don't I think hope we'll ever. So. I don't think in this market that you will ever be past that point. The as only long as Tony's here. The only times that I thought Tony should have played this year. Now I would have. I would have been fine with him playing another series against Philadelphia. I thought one series was too little because if you do have a situation in the playoffs where Dak does get hurt and you need him in, that's not enough reps in, in, in game time for me. I don't, you know, I don't know, and that, I've, I've heard that, and and I watched that game, and I was a little surprised when they took him out after just one series. Uh, but I will say this: he looked great in that one series, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh, he looked terrific. I mean, the, I don't and, think and Jason really wanted to even play him in that one series. Maybe not. I, th- I, th- I think he kind of talked himself I, into that one series. He had the one series; it ended well, and Jason was happy. To, I, to, I, to I think that what he felt like they, they must, you know, how it works in practice in the NFL. The backup quarterback hardly ever gets any reps, right? right? Isn't that shouldn't shouldn't somebody alter that don't, don't you think you know june jones did uh june jones always uh had he 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 gave his backups not as many as the as the first team but he gave in them a, a lot in atlanta he did yes he did and, and uh, because when he went to smu he that's and then i i talked to him about that about what he was did that before sport, he just gave up entirely <laughs> that was exactly right but anyway you're did you right write, did you write a column about it? i did as a matter of fact so. but but the thing was is that the that they uh that that teams do that so we you know they don't do that so we watched Tony play in that game. And I think that the the only reason he did that was not to get him reps in a game, was just to get him in a game. Just to say, all right, now you're back in a game, game speed, here's, here's the bright lights, here's all that. You remember what this was like, right? Okay, good. I, I, yeah, I mean, there's there's value in that. But I also, you know, he took the team and moved the, the team down the field. He took the football team and moved the team down the football field football, with the football, football yeah. uh, really, really well. Um and you would think if that's the only rep, he, the only series he gets in this season, and that's the only thing that that other teams have to evaluate him on, uh, it's going to raise his value a little bit because they're they're going to they're going to see he threw the ball really. I, I was impressed with the way he threw the ball uh, on that series. Yeah, I didn't have any doubt that that he would come back and play well, though. You know, that's that's just kind of uh, you know when he's come back, he's been good. Um, you, you know. Uh, everybody who's when everybody's so down on Tony, uh, and the reason I guess we're down on him is because he gets hurt, right? I mean, I, I guess is, is number is number one getting hurt. Uh, his, his play his playoff record is not exactly no, no, stellar. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask. That, so what bothers you more? The fact that Tony would make a stupid play every once in a while and and get you in trouble, or the fact that he gets hurt? Which which is the bigger onus on Tony? Well, I think the bigger onus on Tony is his postseason record. Um, uh, the onus for me is, is always got to be. Be careful on when you say onus, by the way. Okay, this isn't the ticket. Mm-hmm. The 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 um, I, I, the the problem for me is always going to be performance. You can't control if a guy gets hurt or not. You know that that, that 
But I think there's a lot of people out there who, who look at it that way. They, they think, oh, he's in. I hate that term injury prone. When you say that, it's like, uh, he, you know, sometimes stuff just happens. Listen, he, he at, at the age of, in, in the mid-30s, and with as many hits as he took and as hard as he played, his body's a little bit fragile and brittle now. That's that's just the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, it, it, part of it is is why the Cowboys drafted such a great offensive line, to give him more protection. But, uh, yeah, the, for me, the onus has been, particularly in, in playoffs, that the performance hasn't been there, and there have been too many situations. I think when you talk about what Matt what Matt was talking about with with quarterbacks, and on, on in baseball we talk about the internal clock, and, and the game speeds up on you. This is what he was referring to, and I think there have been some some times there where Tony has thought, "I really need to freelance and make something happen here when it's a lower percentage play." Well, yeah, you know, Tony was has not always been surrounded by the talent. That's been that, a bigger issue, but by yeah. the talent that Dak is surrounded by now. And we, he's got the offense. He's got Absolutely. the running back. He's got the right. receivers. Maybe Tony tried to do too much, and that would be well, that's well, a defensive. But opponent. when you but when you talk about Tony's playoff record, look how many times did they get to the playoffs? Right. That, the, the issue was not the playoff record; it's the issue of getting to the playoffs. And I, I don't know how much I've, I over the years I blamed Tony Tony for that. Well, I, but, I, I think the many of the things he did. I brought this up the other day when I was talking to a group of. Young, uh, young professionals. Actually, they were like tenth graders. Uh, was that well the professional students? Well, is it, yes. It, it, is is the deal with with Tony was that if you'd taken Troy Aikman and you would reverse their careers, and, it, and Troy Aikman had been the quarterback of the Cowboys in the early nineties when, when he they, was the quarterback of the Cowboys uh, in the early nineties. Tony, 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 Tony Romo. Tony Romo. I'm sorry. When Tony right. Romo was the quarterback in the early nineties, if he'd been there, and if Troy had been the quarterback most of the time, that 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 Tony had been the quarterback of the Cowboys, right. I think you would have had. Two completely different careers here, or results. I don't know if if they would have done the same things. But in the would early Tony 90s. have been as good on TV? No, no, no. Troy's, everybody says he would have been. Everybody says he's great. Troy's 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 the best in the game. He's he really terrific. is. But my, but oh, my, I see what you're doing here, Evan. Now, Evan's setting us up to try and get Troy on next week. No, no, he he is. I mean, and I, I because I watched the the ESPN broadcast this week, and I watched the the uh, CBS broadcast this week, and in the Fox. Did you and, watch the NBC broadcast as well? They had they had a game too. Uh, no, I didn't actually get to watch much much of that game. Because you, you know why? I'm going to confront you. You two guys went out to dinner on Saturday night without me, didn't you? Yes, we did. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Thanks for the invitation, Barry. Was, you know how pasta doesn't agree I, with you. I saw that on Facebook. I've been waiting to bring this up. Wow. You two guys with your wives went out to dinner Saturday night, and nobody called me. Well, you know why? Why? Because it was the third party involved, and he said. There's no way I'm going out to dinner with Barry Hall. Oh, John Blake. You went out you chose John Blake over me. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good time to end it because I don't th- I think I'm out this of the is, next two podcasts. This is this is completely gonna go downhill from there. But Kevin. Yes. Let's just we went to Nana on Saturday night. Yes, we did. Uh and that was fantastic. It was really oh, was good. It good? Oh my God. That's De- good. To Debbie know. had Debbie had the best thing though. I don't know. I I mean we all had pasta. The bolognese was was wonderful. We all had pasta. Yeah. I had a pasta that was stuffed with like a little bit of sausage gonna, and a matriciana sauce. I'm going through my text. I want to see. I want to make sure. You had a linguine that had like. Uh, that was a seafood. Seafood. Yeah. It wasn't as good. I didn't like it as much. Um, and then we had that white clam pizza pie, which. That's really good. Is ridiculous. Did you guys pay good. or was this comped? No, we paid. We were waiting to see if, if Blake would pick it up, but he did not. The, the, the Texas Rangers, the Rangers are so cheap. The Rangers, the Cowboys would have picked it up. But, oh, absolutely. But, but I, I just want you to know, I would have rather been. I was in San Antonio watching a D three women's 
basketball See, game. See, we knew you were there. Exactly, Barry. That's why we So didn't you want- should have invited me. No. That that that, that would have been good. We did I not, was heartbroken when we I We did saw not that want to Look, Grace is playing for a highly ranked women's basketball team. 12th what, in the country. Now. Okay, are they undefeated? Yes, they are. Okay, we would not have wanted you to have to have weighed that dilemma of going to see your daughter or going out to dinner with us. Let me let me tell you something. Had they been playing the Super Bowl uh, at the same time as they were playing that game, I would have been at the D three women's game rather than watch the Super Bowl. Because you're a good father. Who, who do they have this week? Who does Trinity have this uh, week? This week we have Southwestern and Vern Lundquist's alma, alma mater, TLU. And let me let me just say this Texas about Grace. Right. This this is the amazing thing about Grace. What was the thing? That amazing you, Grace. The, one of the. I, I, the thing that you, I think, Facebooked about her or texted us the other day was she played an incredible amount of minutes, right? She, she's got Yeah, she's got very severe shin splints, and she walks around in a boot when uh, not playing on the court. But beyond that, she played an incredible amount of minutes, did everything, led the team in assists and steals, right? Yeah, yeah. And oh. didn't take a shot. That was the first game. The se- well, she had two free throws because they were over the limit. And then the next game, she did take a shot. I mean, but and- that... What college basketball player is so selfless now that they're fine playing that many minutes and not taking a shot? She already has a a job for next year, I think, and it's not in basketball. I've advocated for her to shoot more. I I hope you know. Because you're selfish. By the way, Kevin came to two of her games this year. I did. I went to one in Arkansas, as a matter of fact. Two in Arkansas, Kevin. Two two in Arkansas. All right, let's face facts there, guys. You didn't invite me to that game. No, we did not. Okay. So, so I was hurt. So, so what if we establish Kevin is the snob in this group? He's he's involved well, I, in everything. I, I'm the one trying to incorporate both of you into this. Uh, I'm the one going. Kevin's always the guy who's like, "Where's the better deal for me, Kevin Sherrington?" There you go. Let's let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.